Good evening and welcome to Only Believe Ministries Christmas Eve service. How's everyone tonight? It's good, good to be inside. It's snowing outside. It's a beautiful evening. Um, pastors Peter and Phyllis, mom and dad, Randy and I and the family, we'd like to welcome you to tonight's Christmas Eve service, Candlelight, Sing for All. I love singing with you guys tonight. Um, they've put so much time into the Christmas Eve service tonight. Um, we've had a lot of volunteers help. Mike Sheely and Angel Cata Henry, we just want to take time to say thank you to them tonight for preparing such a lovely evening for us. We ask you to join with us as we sing these songs in candlelight service tonight in remembrance of our Lord Jesus Savior being born tonight.
certain poor shepherds and fields as they lay in fields they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so the key of it. 
your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know your baby boy would calm the storm? Christmas. This is a season that has changed the world. People's attitudes change. Their hearts open up to giving. Their hearts open up to kindness, to love. We wish that it could be every day in Christmas because people seem to be nice. Uh, but today is the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. It is the very foundation of the faith that we as believers hold dear. I know that many of you are here today and you believe in the birth of Jesus Christ. If you believe in the birth of Christ, I know that you believe in the life of Christ. You believe in the life of Christ. You must believe in the purpose 
as well as the death of Christ and the burial of Christ, and you are persuaded of the resurrection of Christ. In the world that we live in right now, the faith in Christ Jesus is quickly eroding from generation to generation. We now have statistically and, and uh, the discovery that there is only about 24% of Americans that believe the Christmas story. And for those of you that are here, it simply means that if you do not tell the story, be devoted to live the story, and be devoted to share the story with others, then that percentage will ultimately go down. Now, it would not be such a tragic thing if the end was not so destructive. It means that if someone does not hear the story about the birth of Christ, unto you a Savior is born, man will never understand his spiritual condition, which is separated from God. He will never understand his true value to God, that he's worth it all. That God, soul of the world, that he gave his only begotten son. And if that is not told, then men will migrate to philosophical, humanistic viewpoints, a world without God. That brings a place of great responsibility to you and I, not just to believe, to stand in the shadows, to watch the faith of a nation die, the faith of your family die but to come to the realization that your children without a root of strong faith will never ever have an inheritance of eternal life. See, it doesn't just lie in the knowledge of something. It lies in your willingness to put faith in what you believe. If I asked each and every person in here today, they would say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in the Christmas story. I believe in the life of Christ. I believe in the death of Christ on a cross. I believe that he was buried. And I believe on the third day that God raised him from the dead. But the great problem is not that we do not believe that. It's that we refuse to be devoted to it and we refuse to govern our lives and our homes by it. Our children may be, lived, be raised in homes where faith is expressed at seasons like this, but it's not enough to brand them. It's not enough to persuade them, and it's not enough to convince them. You have a great responsibility. God believes in you. But if you let your children go away not knowing the story, not seeing your life devoted to live it, then you have failed as a parent. And I encourage you today, this is a day of second chances. Today is a day that we get to start our lives anew because we are still here. Tomorrow is a day that we will be able to tell the story of what Christmas means to us. When I was a young child, probably about in the third grade, 
one of the notable things about my life was that I pushed my brother through a window. I think I got beat for that. And then my mother stood me on a chair and beat me for swimming in a stone quarry when I couldn't swim. She beat me for that and she told me she'd kill me and I'd say, why didn't you just let me die in the quarry? It would have been less painful. But in that time frame of my life, my father, the only time, my father called my older brother and I, Jack, and he set us down in that old crepid kitchen at the old Formica table with a silver band about that thick around it. And he said, I want to read something to you. And for the first time in my life, and the only time in my life, I saw my father open the book of life. And he told this story to my brother and I. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all of the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all that went out to be taxed in every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there was in, the, in that country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, and shall to be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, Yes, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now into Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they, were, they made known abroad the saying which was told in them concerning the child, a Savior is born. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them Bethlehem is about eight or nine miles from 
Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the headquarters of the Pharisee and the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin Council. It was where the great temple was standing in this little city of Bethlehem there was born a child. The word Bethlehem means the city of bread. Jesus declared himself to be the bread of life. It is also a city where a portion of the Levitical priest dwell, and their sole purpose is to examine lambs that are born of selected ewes in order to come up with a sacrificial lamb without spot and without blemish. In this story is told that the angels go to a few shepherd men. Now what is not told is that it was not heard, nor was the story really received. Just like the inn was full and nobody had a place for Jesus to dwell in that inn, so the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin council, heard the story of the shepherds. They understood that there had been a promise in Isaiah 700 years before, prophesied that there would be a child born of a virgin. They understood that a star had appeared. Herod sent out the magi, the wise men, to find where Jesus lay. Herod was aware, but that king would not bow his knee to another king. And the religious leaders would not acknowledge who Jesus was. And we think that's a horrible thing, that there was no room for Christ. Nobody would acknowledge him. Nobody would ascend to the place where he would lay in swaddling clothes and bow their knee and acknowledge that this was the savior of the world. It's much like that today. People don't have room for Christ in their life. We're busy about many things that don't mean anything. When I stand in airports and I see hundreds of thousands of people going their way, scurrying, some running, and, and dressed in all types of things from leisure pajamas, they call them now, and we used to call them just sleep in pajamas, but they cost more now and they call them leisure pants and people travel in them and people do everything. People dress all different ways in airports. And I see these people and I often wonder, where are we going in such a hurry when it seems like we never reach where we're headed? Because as soon as we reach one destiny, we are creating an appointment for a return flight to another destiny. And sometimes we are so busy about things that mean nothing and that accomplish nothing. And they're not really not even worth passing on. But when it comes to the story of Jesus, I ask this one question tonight. Do you really believe in this day called Christmas? Do you really believe that it's important in your life? Do you believe that it's worth others knowing? Do you believe that it's worth your family knowing not only the story, but that you are devoted 
to the life that he brought through his birth? Does your family know that you really believe that Jesus was the Savior come to save you and I from our sins? Does your family and your children, your teenagers really know that you do believe in the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ? And I beseech you today that we do not send others to find out. We do not ask others to tell the story, but that we first examine ourselves. Do I believe this Christmas story? Do I believe this Christmas story? Have I told my sons and my daughters have I taken a stand and said, Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus came that I, a sinner, might be saved. The question and the responsibility lies with grandparents, with parents, with stepfathers and stepmothers, if you're in a household tonight, I hope that you'll be like the shepherd men were, that you will go and tell all that you know about this child, Jesus. Tonight we're going to receive communion. Communion is an opportunity to express our faith. It is an outward expression to those around us that may not know Christ, may not have heard the story, but communion is a time of remembrance. The word remembrance in this communion simply means that it's a time that we rekindle the fires, we restir our passions. And Jesus doesn't limit when we can take it. He says that we can take it as often as we choose. In 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, Paul speaks to the church and says, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body that is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Then after the same manner, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of misrepresenting the body and the faith that the body and the blood of Christ brings to a man. Gentlemen, will you please bring the sacraments?
And we ask, God, that you would bless this bread, representative of the broken body of Jesus Christ, and that, God, you would bless this representation of his blood, that, God, you would stir our passions, that it would move us, God, to a deeper devotion, a deeper reverent service, God, of your Son, and that, Jesus, we would call to remembrance that as you were born in a manger, you will come again. And you will come again this time to catch away your church, and when you return after that, you will come with judgment. But Jesus, today, as you come, as we recognize your birth in a lowly stable, in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, as a rejected king, we remember that you came to bring grace and to call all men unto repentance that we might know God and that we might be saved. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. First John, the fourth chapter, declares that this is the love of God, that he sent his only begotten son, that you might live. God, we stand here today, and we choose to believe that the Christmas story and the broken body and the shed blood of Christ are relevant for today, no matter what those that do not believe say, bless these elements of our communion in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please pass it out, gentlemen?
there came a child one day and the sky was bright with a holy light or the place where Jesus stand to your feet with me tonight Jesus's body was broken Galatians 3:13 says that cursed is every man that hangeth upon a tree and Jesus bore our curse for one sole purpose that all of the blessings of Abraham might come upon you and I people that were not a people a Gentile that seemed excluded and separated from God's story as well as redemption. But Jesus come and his own rejected him, but he brought salvation to us, the Gentiles. And we are Jews by birthright. We are Jews by adoption. We are Jews by faith in Christ Jesus. Today we remember Jesus bore the curse of sin that you and I could receive the blessing of righteousness. Let us eat. This blood that was shed for our atoning, Jeremiah declares that it's a fountain that never runs dry. It never stops running. Why? Because man is an imperfect vessel. He strives maybe with the right intentions, but he misses the mark. But God says that if we sin, let us confess our sins. And he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. This blood not only joins us to God, but it keeps us cleansed from sin that we may continue to walk with God. This blood is an ever, everlasting voice that cries out, they are redeemed. They are blood bought. They are the children of God. Please let us drink. Now, if you took that communion tonight, maybe you say, but I'm not a Christian. I haven't been a Christian, but I do believe. And I do believe that Jesus paid the penalty for my sins. And I do believe that his shed blood purchased my redemption. 
And I believe that it's joined me to God. And you would like to tonight make a statement that, you know what? I believe in the birth of Jesus Christ. I believe he was born of a virgin and I believe that he bore my sins and I believe he shed his blood for my salvation. And today, I make a statement that he is Lord of my life. You're willing to make it before your family, before your friends, and even before strangers. If that's you tonight, I want you to just step out in the aisle wherever you are. I want you to come down here and I want to pray a prayer with you, not just for you, but a prayer with you that will make a declaration that Jesus is Lord of your life. Is there anyone tonight that says, you know what, I need to live that before my children. I need to live that before my family. I need to be devoted to Christ. Is there anybody? Okay, you may be seated. Now, the Bible says that the wise men brought gifts. I talked to someone yesterday, and uh, I said, are you going to be at church? And he said, mm, I don't think so. I said, hey, when you have a birthday party, do you want people to show up at it? He said, absolutely. I said, well, it's Jesus' birthday uh, this weekend. Why don't you show up? And what, 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 well, too busy to attend the party. And I'm sure that won't happen to him in life. I'm sure that he has many loved ones. But when we go to a party, we bring gifts. Tonight, we're going to receive an offering. It's going to be an offering of sacrifice, an offering of honor, an offering of love, an offering that says we believe in the virgin birth. Now, the love of God cannot be returned unto him in any type of value that it was expressed to us because God's love to us through the birth, the life and the death of his son, Jesus Christ, simply said this, that you are worth anything that it would take to bring you back to me. God's love is endless, boundless, measurableless, but it can be acknowledged, and it can be given gratitude and thanksgiving. So tonight, we're going to receive an offering. So if you need an offering envelope, there's one behind the pews that you are sitting in or in front of the pews that you are sitting in. Just mark it and make your checks payable, but only believe Ministries Christian Center. And then we're going to take this offering and... Uh, we're going to sing one of my favorite songs, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, during this offering. So please get your offering ready. Uh, ushers, will you get the offering buckets out? And uh, as you give, just remember that, you know what? It is going to the cause of Christ. It doesn't go to individuals. It goes to the cause and the work of spreading the story of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Stand your feet and bring your offering unto the Lord. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy, my own God and sinners reconciled. Joyful. 
come up here? Do what? That, that will cost you double. <laughs> no, no, I, I would want to usher you. Uh, do you have a lighter here, Lincoln? You know, we talked about sharing Christ with others, about telling the story, not just one time. Like my father, I'm sure that he had done what he thought was right, that he had passed on the light. He'd given as much information as he thought was right. But his mother was a Christian, a very devout woman of prayer. But he never chose that path of faith. And he chose to walk away from it and not to make room for Christ. But tonight I said that we ought to be courageous. We ought to be vocal enough. We ought to be persuaded enough to realize that a life without faith is a life that will come to a wasted end. Tonight, we take this light and we want to share it with you. And we ask you to sincerely consider sharing Christ, making an open confession of him and devoted life to him that your children may have the greatest heritage that anyone could ever receive an example of someone that believed in God.
Sunday morning and some of you next Christmas. I, I, I hate to say that, but I, I, I know some of you are EC Christians, Easter and Christmas, but we're believing that you'll last that long and we'll see you next year. But if not, and if we do, please share Jesus with somebody. Devote your life to him. A life of faith is a life worth living. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Joyful are the nations.